Oh, Big D back with a NASCAR Daytona 500 preview on the podcast this week. Before I bring in Fantasy Bosco, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. You can see all my content. Content getting ready to start the Daytona 500 this weekend, so I can't wait for that. Also, check out the uh, Big D podcast for all your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So uh, joining us to discuss NASCAR's Super Bowl, the Daytona 500, my friend Fantasy Bosco. Uh, Bosco, I can't believe it's Daytona 500 week. We were just talking Super Bowl last week, and now it's NASCAR's Super Bowl. Right? I mean, no no rest for the wicked, man. We're going right from football to uh, to NASCAR, and, and you know how NASCAR rolls. They start off with a bang. Yeah, while all the other sports end – this season with the biggest event. NASCAR starting the season with the biggest event, the Daytona 500. Yep, and I, I've always found that kind of interesting, right? Because everything else always culminates with the championship. And I mean, and really, they make a big deal out of the championship now with the, the play playoff format. But, you know, when we were younger, man, it, it was kind of a side story right i mean alan quickie winning was a big deal and but you know when matt kinseth kind of blow blew it away you know miami miami florida puts it's a shame too because that track in miami puts on a great race man definitely definitely better than that whatever track hosts the championship race but uh, we'll leave it for another day yeah i would say that, that that's a whole nother rant man hey at least it's better than texas yeah facts so, what are your favorite Daytona 500 memories? Oh, wow. Um, man, it's hard. It's hard to not to not think about the the one that senior won. I mean, as a senior fan, um, remembering some of the heartbreak, you know, I mean, because he won all the time. They're dominated all the time, and yet that that big race just eluded him. I mean, for some of the craziest things, like I was telling someone today, I mean, think about it. He hit a seagull. I mean, when was the last time we heard about a driver not finishing a race because they hit a bird? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't, the tire, I just, anyway, uh, probably, probably that one. Um, you know, the one where it, it, <laughs> just because of the whole day and everything that went on, I showed back up at the hotel and they're under caution and I go upstairs to my room and Juan Pablo runs into the jet dryer. Right. <laughs> and then, and then when we go back to racing, correct me if I'm wrong here, when we go back to racing, we have another caution right as the yellow comes out and it's a whole debate over whether or not Mark Martin won or not. Wasn't that the same race? No, I think was Martin, that the one? Martin's race where he was second was 2007. Seven. Okay, so that was... was 2012 when it was the primetime Daytona 500. That's right. My bad. So right there, two different ones for you. I mean, I, I remember what thinking when I saw JPM's called Golf in Flames. I'm like, what? He just hit the truck. He just hit the pace truck. What just happened? He just hit the pace truck. I'm like, I, that's not good. 
Who won that race? Uh, Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth did. That's right. Obviously, you Kenseth dominated Daytona. Well, Rouch and Jenner dominate Daytona. Yeah. I've got a couple in mind. How about 79 with the first flag to flag Daytona 500? And literally the whole East Coast was snowed in. Yeah, that I mean, you can't you can't talk about NASCAR, not NASCAR history, not think about that being one of the biggest moments in all of NASCAR. Right. I mean, the fight that took place that just generated even more publicity. Um, they were the big names of the of the era that were doing the fighting and, and you know battling for the win. That's got to be one of the greatest Daytona moments in all of you know all of sports, really. And and first flag to flag race, and you couldn't have gotten a better race. I mean, I mean maybe some NASCAR people might not have liked the fight. I think the fight was actually good for the sport. At least people are like, well. We got a great race, and then this afterward, what next? I think the fight showed passion. I mean, whether we want to say we want to keep promoting that or not, I mean, people used to go to hockey games to see fights. Like, that wasn't uncommon, right? That was kind of a draw back in the day. Yeah, sure. So, I just, I, yeah, man. I mean, they, they were the big names of the sport. I think the fight was good. I mean, I think it generated more publicity. I don't. I will be honest. I don't know if that fight doesn't happen if NASCAR grows what it does in the 90s, man. I really don't. I mean, you imagine if uh, Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace have been going for their first Daytona 500 and that wreck happened. I think those two would have come to blows. Yeah, right? So, um, obviously, when you think of, like, hollow grounds in sports, you think of Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park in baseball. Um, Le Mans for, for sports cars. Indianapolis Motor Speedway for Indy cars. Daytona is NASCAR's stomping ground. It's, if it's home. And be honest, this race is, like, the is so big. Oh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head comparing it to, you know, something like Indy where they tune in from all over the world. I mean, we've heard more and more. I mean, someone posted a graphic that showed all the different drivers that have been in like the the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500. And, you know, some of the names on there are really, really impressive names in all of motorsports history, right? I mean, the Dario Franchitis, the Allenser Juniors, Mario Andretti's, AJ Foyt's. You know, and then you got and you got guys like AJ Allmendinger who is making a name for himself again in the Cup Series. I, at least I think he's going to make a bit of a name for himself again in the Cup Series. He definitely did it at the Xfinity level, but um, I mean, it's it's getting it's world renowned, right? It's not just a a you know middle South Florida thing anymore. I mean, how how often do you have an X Games gold medalist racing a seven time Cup champ? Hey. I mean, how cool is that, though, right? I mean, we got Jimmy coming out of retirement, and we got Pastrana strapping the helmet back on. I And, you know, I'm a Pastrana fan in and of itself. And, you know, some people were talking about, you know, how crazy and, you know, happy and excited he is. I'm like, that's that's him. That's him all the time. Like, that's what you get with Travis Pastrana. So I'm glad to see it. I think that energy is great for the garage, personally. <laughs> 
Hey, you imagine, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't think AJ Omedic has got the most in, energy in the garage this weekend. Pastrana might happen there. Yeah. You know what? And honestly, I don't even think it's close. To be fair, I don't, I mean, if AJ's normally what we would consider a one or an A or something, then Travis is like, what, quad A, you know, negative 50. I mean, we're, he 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 takes it to a whole nother level, man. So obviously at Daytona, it seems like the past few years that teammates and manufacturers have worked together. So do you really, so, I mean, even in practice, say the manufacturers working together, we saw what the Fords all pitting in that first stage, the Chevys, Toyotas trying to pit together. Do you think that having a good teammate slash manufacturer teammate will determine who wins the race? Man, that's tough. I don't. I think the manufacturer teammate thing will get you potentially to the end of the race. But when it's all said and done, I think there's a couple of guys that just have a knack for being at the right place at the right time. And that's going to continue to show up. I, I think all the manufacturer stuff works well early on, but when it times to, you know, get going and you're picking high or low, you do the best to find a teammate and a partner, but push comes to shove, you're going with the lane that's taking the energy. You know what I mean? I mean, it was one thing to see Blaney not bail on Joey in the duels and follow Bell. You know what I mean? But if that is, say, a Chevy or a Toyota, I bet somebody does follow Bell in that scenario. You know? And plus, Ryan Blaney's sick and tired of finishing second at Daytona. Well, and, you know, who's to say – that's fair to say, too. It's one thing at the end of the duels to sit there. It's another thing when you think that's the move you got to make to win the race, right? So to your point, Dylan, maybe maybe come Sunday, Ryan Blaney does jump out there with Bell or jumps out sooner and Bell is pushing him. Hey, I mean, we saw what Austin Sidner did with that block to win the race last year. Last year, yeah. He was, he was two, three cars wide. And I don't, I don't believe, and Austin Sitton was the only guy I remember not getting involved in any wrecks at Daytona, whether it was the 500 or the um, August race, which, which I think no, was still wrecking. So he had a DNF, but that was for breaks, wasn't it? Let me look. No, I think Sinner, I think Sinner almost won that race because Dylan and Reddick drafted past him. Because I was looking at that and he had, because you're actually touching on one of my, or my trivia question for you, at least in that ballpark, not the driver. But let me see here. Yeah, he crashed out in, so he's had three races at Daytona and, but that was the year he was a part-time driver. That was uh, January of 221. So that would have been. I think that was I mean, the wreck where Logano and Keselowski took out each other. 
Probably was because it was on lap 199 and 200. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be uh, taking out each other on the last lap. Yep. Okay, so um, when it comes to Daytona, there are obviously drivers who can get it done at the high banks, and unfortunately, some who aren't quite as successful. So at Daytona and Talladega, who do you? Who, who do you, what are, what drivers do you think perform the best at Daytona? Denny Hamlin's right there. Um, Jimmy Johnson has. I don't know how much I've really considered that, considering he's part time, but he looked decent in the duels, at least comfortable and not foolish. Um, you know, there was two drivers when I was looking over stats and everything that I thought ran really well here, and they. They have um, Kyle Bush has the number two driver rating at Daytona. What? But yes, I can pull it up for you if you want. But he's wrecked out of quite a few races. In fact, interestingly enough, Kyle's run fewer races than Kevin Harvick. But has more DNFs than Kevin Harvick. Granted, Kevin Harvick has 10 DNFs and 43 races. And Kyle Bush, I believe, is uh 11 and 30, it's either 35 or 38 races. I'll have to look here. But, yeah, that, that shocked me. Well, I mean, can I ask you the trivia question I had in mind? Go ahead. All right. Who of all drivers, active drivers, including all of them in this race this weekend, has the worst crash, per crash percentage? At this track. Uh, Kyle Lawson. No. Hmm. The price is not Kyle Lawson because he, he's got well, one top ten that they he, he He was up there. He was up there. Not going to deny that he wasn't up there. But. Uh, true. Someone. No, no. There's someone that's worse. Here, I will give you Kyle Larson's percentage here so we can fact check me. But it, it I'm not going to lie. It shocked me. Like I was like, ah, I figured it wasn't great, but I didn't think it would be that bad. Um, let me see. Where's Kyle Busch right now? So Kyle Busch has 11 DNFs and 35 races. Kevin Harvick, like I said, 10 and 43. Kyle Larson. You know, they don't really have them in here in any particular order. Um, cause I know I thought the same thing. Now keep in mind, this is just at this tracking cup series. So like I thought about Kyle Larson, I know has had bad luck in Xfinity. Um, Kyle's got eight DNFs and 17 Daytona races. Yep. And that doesn't even include the Xfinity flip a few years ago. And Brad Keselowski has 13 and 27. What? Yes. Told you, you didn't see that coming. I told you, I didn't either, man. I, I, I can't believe, I can't believe that because Keselowski would be one of my guys who would do well at Daytona Talladega, but all his wins are at Talladega, none at Daytona. Correct. He's had, I mean, he's been solid enough. Like, um, I can pull up the driver ratings again. Let me see if I can find those. His driver rating wasn't terrible. 
Kyle finished, you know, had more DNFs than I thought given, um, you know, given his driver rating and whatnot. But yeah, when I saw Brad Keselowski's number, I could not believe it, man. So Kyle, Kyle Larson has crashed out of 47%. Brad Keselowski has crashed out of 48%. Oh, and I've got a trivia question for you. All right. Lay it on me. Since 2000, so that would be after Jeff Gordon won the 99 Daytona 500. Okay. Only one guy has won the Daytona 500 and the championship in the same season. Joey Logano. Nope. Logano won 500 in 2015, but he won the championships in 18 and 22. That's right. Um. wasn't him trying to think of the last couple champions and can't be true x kevin harvick uh no harvick won his 500 in 2007 his title in 2014 okay i thought harvick had two 500s my bad um i'm out i don't know who we got jimmy Oh, duh. Sure, Jimmy. He won so many championships. 2006 and 2013. So, driver ratings here. Kyle, like I said, was number two. To be fair, you know, Austin Cendrick's only had three races here, and he's number one. Oh, we got a big crash in the the truck race. No problem. Um, Logano was number four. Hamlin was number three. Bubba Wallace is eight. Pretty solid. He's ahead of Chase Elliott. Who's who's ahead of Ricky's? What's that? Who's two on the list? Kyle Busch. Oh. And Cedric. Yep. Cedric, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott. Ricky Stenhouse, Austin Dillon, Brad Keselowski, Martin Truex. Hmm. Yeah, one guy you didn't mention who I think should be there is Eric Amarola because seemingly Eric Amarola is always there at Daytona Talladega. And he's actually behind Kyle Larson, Ryan Pierce, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, Todd Gilliland. What? Yes. What? Did they not watch the duel last night? So the driver rating, keep in mind, it's just a number model, right? So it's not it's not foolproof, but it takes into consideration average start, average position mid-race, average finish, um, place differential, green passes, um, quality passes, fastest laps, laps in the top 10, laps in the top 15, takes in all bo- a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, do they does does the driver rating count when the leader is wrecked is wrecked on the last lap of the Daytona 500? You know, I'm not 100 percent sure about that. That's a good question. <laughs> well, we could blame Austin Dillon for that. Yeah, right. So, 
if you were like if you're like making a um if you're like making a list of your three big favorites for the Daytona 500, who would they be? My three big favorites? Yeah. Your three big wow. favorites and your not favorites. Your big names you don't think will do well on Sunday. Okay. So, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, who... And and I'm gonna go with another one that hasn't won here yet, just because I feel like he's just he's just motivated. Martin Truex. Interesting. Big, I'm gonna make big this... name. I'm... Go, go ahead. No, say big name. I'm avoiding it. It's Kyle Larson. Mm, yep, I agree with Larson. I mean, he's got one top ten in Daytona. Tona and uh, I, I I like Kyle Larson at California next week. Not here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Give me, give him anywhere else. To your point, him and Brad. Brad, at least in my memory, has been up front a lot at these tracks. Like you said, all the success has really come at Dega. But I mean, he's been, he's been in position at all these tracks and wrecked. Larson has, but it's like he's always wrecking at these tracks. You know what I mean? And like you said, blowing up like he did at Daytona last August. Right. Right. Uh, I'm going to make it easy. The three guys I like are 10, 11, and 12. Oh, okay. Amarola, Denny, and Blaine. I can dig it. Because Amarola looked great in the duels last time. We know what Denny... We know Denny's crafty at Daytona Talladega. And Ryan Blaine's the runner-up in two of the last three race Daytona 500s. I'm with you, man. So, which name with a new team are you excited to see on Sunday? Because there are several guys with new teams. I mean, Kyle Brooks with all Seattle, Tyler Reddick with uh, 2311, Ty Gibbs with his Papa's team now. Uh, It for without a doubt for me, it's it's Kyle Busch, man. I I've been. Yapping about it. I was on a live stream earlier today yapping about it. I'm excited for that partnership. I think it's going to be a great partnership. I think it's going to help elevate RCR back to prominence and relevance again. I don't think this is going to be a hindrance for Kyle Bush at all. And I think the personalities are going to mesh better there for Kyle. And I think he's extremely motivated. I, I'm very excited to see the 8G car uh, for the rest of the season from, from Mr. Kyle Bush. And, and quite frankly, all the drivers you name there, are absolutely we should be excited in all fairness i've never been more excited for all the new names and places we have right ryan priest in the 41 ty gibbs in the 54 formerly the 18 the uh um 2311 example you just gave with uh, reddit going into the 45 that's the one number i'm struggling to really conceptualize for some reason i see the 45 and i think ty or kurt so I guarantee but, I will say the 18 with Kyle Bush a few times. Oh my God. With it being an eight, it's so hard not to, man. <laughs> not quite I mean, juicy with the 88, but it, it's in the same. You know what? Think about that. Between so Jimmy Johnson's on the track in the 84, driving next to the 48. You know, just like when we had Dale Jr. around who used to run the eight in the 88. Now we got the eight back with the Kyle Bush. Who was formerly of the 18? 
This week will add Ty Gibson's in the 18, otherwise all heads would be spinning. It would be easier for me if he was. I would feel so much better if he was. This whole 54 on the track and 45 on the track, I keep thinking they're teammates when they're not. It's driving me bonkers. Yeah, one guy, well, a couple guys we didn't mention, uh, Noah Gregson and uh, A.J. Allmendinger. Mm. I can't wait to see what Dinger does, particularly on road courses. I'm with you, and quite frankly, Eric Jones had looked good a few different times last year, especially towards the last third of the season or so. Tell him the Southern 500. That's all right. he did. Right. Well, right. But I'm just saying overall, it was more than just the win because Busher got a win too. I mean, there was a lot of kind of one-offs, right? But he he consistently looked decent a few different times throughout the year, especially at, at the end of last year. I'm excited to see Gregson. And I think Jimmy's bringing some extra money and insight to the program, man. I think the, that's another program I'm excited to see take a step up. And I think Colleague will too. I love what Colleague is doing with in the – Trucks and Xfinity Series working with Kyle Busch, man. They, they're they forming quite the little partnership. I think colleagues on the way up as well. Yeah, I mean, how many different winners were there last year? And yet Truex and Blaine didn't win a race? I mean, we right. have 20 different winners. Is there a line in Vegas for that? Can we bet that? I have no idea. The overall winners. Yeah, I should see if there's a bet like that somewhere. Someone needs to put it out there. Can you even bet in? Can you even bet in your neck of the woods? No, we have to do offshore books, and it sucks because my wife and I have to basically share because they recognize one IP address and they won't let you have another account, so we can't both have an account. Oh, uh, so it's like you, what you and the missus together. Yeah, and she really. So I do a lot more fantasy stuff than I do the betting stuff, and so she likes to do the betting a lot more. So I'll be like, hey, she'll come to me like she asked me who she should bet on tonight. Then I gave her a couple of bets. Uh, man, that was my guy. All my lineups are just crashing out. This is really frustrating. What? Uh, 15 more trucks wrecked? Uh, five. Uh, five or six. Dude dude got pushed in the, uh, up into the wall. Everyone darted down below. Someone in the grass, and it just created a total cluster parker kligerman got involved stuart friesen was involved that's not that's good, good for, that's not good for both our teams because i use poker <laughs> did you oops he was a he was a chalky play man he i think he was like 56 percent owned or 70 percent owned in one of my leagues or one of the contests i was in dang that's unfortunate but yeah, oh yeah, let's see. Oh, Matt Crafton has already earned 17 stage points and it's raining. It just started raining again. Is this the year Matt Crafton finally wins at Daytona? You know, and I always put a little money on him because he always runs decent. Like if you can bet a top 10 or a top five, you know, it's it's totally worth it. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, that, oh. This is killing us, Dylan. This is this is what ha I know better. Why do we do this every year? We we get all excited. We build these lineups. We put our bets in. We get excited and talk about these guys, and then they just wreck each other. That's what happens when you have them race in three months. Guys get aggressive and maybe too aggressive, as we saw with Daniel Suarez last night. What's your opinion on that? Oh, uh. I don't think it was a good move even for the 500. I mean, 
I uh, I think Suarez. I mean Suarez went very aggressive. Kyle for like a lap and a half, and I'm, I'm not sure why he went that aggressive because Kyle because you're not going anywhere. You're just staying in line, logging laps. I didn't really like that move by Swords. I mean, I'm not even sure that's a great move for the 500. Yet in a dual race where teams don't even have backup calls or that many. Right. Right. Ooh, I think Corey LaJoy is going to pull this out today, man. Hey, he's not a bad pick for the Daytona 500. I think he's, uh, no. what, 100 to 1. I know. Might be a good fantasy guy because you're not going to use Corey LeJoy at any other track outside Daytona, Talladega, maybe Atlanta. Like, yeah, if it's a if it's a one and done for fantasy or for DFS daily fantasy, he's starting up a little. He's going to be a very good contrarian play because he's starting a little close to the front. You know what I mean? Where if he gets a tenth place finish, you lose seven points or whatever it is, or four points. What do you think Kyle Busch is going to be at DK was? Because I was DMing somebody. He was saying, like, Kyle will be 60% owned on Sunday. Oh, I can almost – he'll be somewhere around there, 60%, 70%. Uh, in fact, I, I think the best – if if you, I haven't broke the code, so to speak, but I swear I've kind of noticed something more and more, and I don't know. I can't seem to to nail it down. You need to be chalky most weeks. Like most of your guys need to be pretty chalky plays, and you need to find two contrarian plays every week, but they have to hit. <laughs> the two contrarian plays have to hit, but that's all you need. You can go so chalky in NASCAR compared to any other sport that that's what it comes down to. You got to nail the chalk. And someone like Kyle Bush that's going to start in the back like that, I don't care if he's 99. I can tell you what his cost is. I don't care if he's 9,900 or 10,5. He is an absolute money play, especially someone like me that thinks he's going to potentially win it anyway. Let's see. Where am I looking? I didn't even build a lineup yet. Did you put lineups in already? I picked some contests. I've, I've, I made some lineups, but I didn't make I didn't make the my main lineup yet. Uh, Kyle Bush is only 9,600, man. 9,600 started at 36. I'll take sign the shot. Sign me up. I'll take the shot. So ultimately, uh, who do you think will be lifting the Holy Jr. trophy on Sunday? Bubba Wallace is 9,400, 200 bucks less than Kyle. And starting up, and and we know what Bubba can do at Daytona Talladega. Hey, starting 15th, I dig it. You know, but it's a little, it's a little rich for my blood, man. I'd rather take Jimmy Johnson starting 39th for like 7,700 bucks. I don't, th I don't think salaries mattered this weekend. I agree with you. 100% agree with you. So ultimately, who do you think is going to win the Daytona 500? I think it's Kyle Busch, man. I really do. I mean, he's due. I heard like Kyle Busch is like the, Driver who's led the most laps without a Daytona 500 win, which right. is just crazy. Right. Well, you heard what happened on the radio after the wreck, right? He was not happy. Well, first he came over the radio and said that was a Daytona 500 winning car. And he That's was true. very upset. 
Then Richard Childress came over the radio and said something to the effect of, don't worry about it, or we got this, but ended it with, we're going to go win this Daytona 500, this fucking Daytona 500. <laughs> so RC's already called his shot. Hey, hey, you know what? My guys, my guys finished second two of the last three races. And instead of having, instead of being in Bubba Wallace's wedding party, I think Ryan Blaine will finally be married to a Daytona 500 one. That's fair. I can dig. I mean, we know those Fords, particularly the Penske calls, have been fast to Daytona. Tona, it seems like one of them's always in contention. And if Ryan Blaney avoids the big wreck, which it's coming, it's it's not a question of fifths, it's a question when and how many, but I think Ryan Blaney wins. I tell you what, I can dig it, man. I can dig Ryan Blaney. He's due. He's 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 usually right up there at the front. There's no denying that. All right, so thanks for hopping on, Bosco. We wish you well, and hopefully this Daytona 500 is one for the record books and not and not for the bad ones. Hopefully, one- I hope so. Man, this pricing is weird. 